Hello, and welcome to the Bubbly and Baseball podcast, hosted, as always, by Ed Hand and Bailey Von Schneider. If you love drinking sparkling adult beverages, and you also happen to love baseball, then we would love for you to join us every Sunday. So, without further ado, here are Bailey and Ed. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Baseball and Bubbly, Bubbly and Baseball. <laughs> all that stuff. And Bubbly Baseball. Baseball and Bubbly. All the Bubbly, all the baseballs. It's more baseball this episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What are you drinking, Bailey? I have a ma- I do have something bubbly. It's a mandarin orange seltzer. That's what I've got. Oh, orange. that's cool. I've got I've got a busted open, but I've got a uh, it's a Whaleback Farm cider. Uh, oh, nice. Berger's blend. It's from Maine. I actually was going through our fridge and I found this, and I don't know where it came from. I don't know what's in it, but it looks pretty good, and I'm going to drink it. Assuming I find the bottle opener, which I thought I had brought over here with me, but I don't seem to know what I did with it. Oh, there it is. It was right next to me the whole time. Perfect. It's always right where you least expect it to be. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. It exploded. That's okay. We're cleaning up for New Year's in a little bit anyway. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that's what we're going to We also have a box of champagne here, but Ooh. my girlfriend was like, nope, we're having that for uh, for New Year's. <laughs> we're not even having that many people over. I think it's like everybody gets their own individual bottle. What? That's then, a party. Uh, I like it. <laughs> I don't think that's actually what we're doing, but, uh, you know, maybe. This is 2021. If anything, has been a year that makes me want to drink. So, oh, I you know. know. I'm going uh, I'm going all out tonight, and then my friend and I are going to try to stay, like, outside of, like, doing some, epi- like, the episodes that we do, I'm going to try to stay as sober as I can, just because beer, it's really beer that's my problem. Beer makes me fat. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, that is, that is unfortunately one of the side effects of it. Yeah, so I'm going to give up, I'm going to at least give up on beer for... As long as I can, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Until well, hey, there's no baseball to make you drink right now, at least. Or I guess maybe, maybe you will drink due to the lack of baseball. I don't know. That's what it is. Like nothing going on is gonna. MLB Network doesn't even know what to do. They're just doing reruns of like old games, which is kind of cool. But like they have no clue what to be doing with themselves. I I don't like watching old games because the stats don't have like any relevance on next on like the future and like I also it just takes it out like I can't even do like if I miss the game I can't watch it later that day like because I'll yeah. just look it up online I'll spoil myself <laughs> uh, so I've never been one for uh, for that although I guess I mean I like like the top ten countdown shows and like the Those are fun. And that sort of thing but yeah it's just been it's just been a whole bunch of nothing and that's. Not, you know, that's not the best, but, um, this, because it's New Year's Eve, we're gonna, end, uh, because we don't have any baseball to look forward to, at least mm. until February, we're just gonna be, uh, <sighs> we're, you know, we're just going to be regurgitating memories of 2021. And that's yeah. fine. That's what at everyone's least, doing right now. At least it was a good year to regurgitate. Yeah. If we're doing this last year, it's like, what were your highlights of 2020? Uh, nothing. Um, I guess Mike Kickman, that was exciting, uh, Zach Godley. <laughs> oh, yeah. 2020. Zach Godley. 2020 Woo-hoo. Red Sox. Woo! What a team. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is gonna be, you know, another somewhat Red Sox-centric episode since, uh, God, it's just, it's hard to focus on aspects of baseball outside of the strike, you know? Yeah. Or not the strike, sorry, the long okay. I keep calling it the strike. It's really not a strike at all. This mm-hmm. is like the owners just trying to have leverage, and yes, Sorry. it's very frustrating. So I'm just, but, yeah. I just what what gets me is just not getting any information to at all. You know, that's really what's stressing me out. Oh man, this is a really good cider. It's mm-hmm. like really, it's not sweet at all, which is what you usually get with cider, which oh, I like. Nice. But yeah, no, this is very dry. I don't know where I, this is literally just like appeared in my refrigerator. I have no idea where it came from, how long it's been there for. You're like, you it know, could be bad. <laughs> my girlfriend was living here for like 11 months before I moved in, so maybe mm. it's like from then before. Maybe, I hope really, gosh, I hope she wasn't saving it for a special occasion or something. She comes home and it's like, where is my cider? <laughs> where is my special cider? That is my cider that I need for New Year's. And, and you like, drank mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, that's not, that's not what's going to happen. She's just hoarding ciders. That would be low-key hilarious. <laughs> 
<laughs> they actually would be really funny. We have a lot of like wine that we because like we'll go to like wine wine tours like that sort of thing, mm. and then we'll buy a bunch of them and then just like not drink them. So we mm. actually do have. I'm Christmas Eve we had some, and then like with Hanukkah we had some. So I guess like finally started getting some use in. But uh, yeah, no, for the most part we just kind of hoard the alcohol we buy. <laughs> There you go. Well, then you can use some of it for our our show. Exactly. That's, Perfect. That's what I've been doing, honestly. <laughs> That's great. I'm glad. I know because, like, I, I haven't been really drinking these past few ones just because I haven't had anything in the house. <laughs> That's a good way to, uh, to, to if, you, if you're trying not to drink beer, just don't buy it. That seems exactly. like a good. A thousand percent. Like, yeah, a good strategy there. But, um, so anyway, for our show, um, just gonna go through, there's gonna be some, just big 2021 questions as far as, uh, different things for, uh, our team, the Red Sox, and then some things involving baseball and our own, uh, personal lives. So I'm just gonna start. So for your team, Bailey, for, that's the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. Who's the MVP for your team? Oh, God, man. There was just like, a lot of guys had really great, seasons like JD Martinez came back to you know what he used to be but I probably say that where would this team be without Kike Hernandez like he was just you know after the the struggles of the beginning of um you know not being able to lead off he just became then all of a sudden a switch flipped and he became like the best leadoff hitter in baseball and you didn't want anybody but him at the top of your lineup which is just wild and yeah, he just defensively, offensively, he got the chance to play every day, which is something he never got to do while with the um, while with the Dodgers in LA. So, getting to come here and do that, I'm really excited to see how he can. Will he get better next year? Who knows? But or if he can be the same type of player, and even if he backpedals a little bit, he's still a value in the outfield or even in the infield. Depends on where they're going to put him. So I'd say Kike is my MVP for 2021. I think that there's also some recency bias there with Kike because he was an absolute monster in October. He really absolute was. monster, an absolute machine. Likes that we haven't really seen in the postseason here, um, other than like you know that David Ortiz 2013 World Series. Oh, that was but insane. <laughs> for me, I think about Rafi Devers, and I think about where they'd be. Now, let's know, we're not going to talk about his defense here because that was, uh, that's still a work in progress. Yeah. But I just remember him the last month of the season with that hurt arm. Remember, he like, he did something to himself where it was like, if he didn't make contact with the ball, he was just in agonizing pain. And he still hit well. (laughs) He hit, he had a really good season like um I, I i would contend it was so far the highlight of his career he's still pretty young but you know he uh let me just get the, I, I just want to have the actual numbers up here just yeah because, i think his uh, 2019 was slightly better but i mean they're comparable yeah and you know he's just gonna get better so yeah he had more home runs and less doubles i wow he had 54 doubles when he was 22 years old that's wild in 2000 19, but yeah. he was a silver slugger. Mm-hmm. He was an all-star. He was 11th in the MVP voting. Not like that was worth much, but, you know, 279, 352 on base percentage. So it means he was drawing, drawing walks at a much better clip. He had 62 yeah. walks. His career high was 48 prior. He had more at-bats that year when he uh, drew 48 walks. So His discipline it, definitely was better in 2021. We're seeing him grow, and I think that that's really important. I think, like, honestly, he could – in the next three or four years, have, if he can put it all together for an entire season, he really could have a like MVP year. Oh, I, agree. I do think that that's in the cards. I think that's it's interesting though. I wonder if like you know if he were to move off of third base and like DH or play third base, yeah, and uh, DH or played first. Um, I wonder if that would actually make it so he just focused on hitting and would be able to play a little bit, like hit even better. I don't know. Yeah, it's true. If he's just, is he like a David Ortiz in the making where you can just focus solely on one thing and perfect it? Because, yeah, if, like we've all noticed, we've watched him. The eye test and metrics will just tell you that at this point he's not a great third baseman. 
But I don't know. I mean, I think it's like either. I think 2022 is going to be huge for him defensively because it's going to be like, are you going to stick at third or are you our future designated hitter type situation? Yeah, exactly. So he's he's my MVP. I think uh, Sandra Bogarts is a good pick for that potentially, even though he really slowed off at the end of the year. He was still so instrumental for them getting to where they were. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I think, I think like you said, Kike Hernandez really was important because he was the full package. His defense was the best on the team and it was a team that did, it was not very good defense. No, no. Oof. Oof, uh, yeah. I think maybe may Evaldi, but then, then we have our next category here and that's, uh, Who's your team the Cy Young Award? And for me, that's Mady Evaldi. No yeah. question. That. 100%. I think that's that's easy. Uh, you know, and then you could sort of go back to, you know, I was one of the people, I'll be first to admit it, you know, like bad tweets. My bad tweets were the, the contract that Evaldi got saying, like, this is so stupid. Why'd you do this? Like, even into the beginning of 2021, I'm still like, what? And then just seeing how he put it all together, because this is the first time he's been fully healthy. Really, that was a huge, huge step was him being healthy and just seeing what he can do is is incredible. Like that is the perfect number two behind if if somebody like Sale can get back to being Sale level. Like think about that. Sale Evaldi one two. Like goddamn, that's an amazing one two punch. Yeah. He's um I think on a truly good team, he's going to be a number two or three starter. Mm-hmm. But that's, you know, with Sale hopefully going back to being Chris Sale next yeah. year when he's fully healthy, he can be in the A spot while Ivaldi's in the number two spot. Because what Ivaldi does better than anybody else, and statistically this is proven from last year, is throw strikes. He had the best yeah. walk to night inning pitch rate in, the, in all of baseball. Last yeah, it was year. incredible. Like, he just... If he gave a walk up, you were like, what? 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 Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and he was just prone to the bad inning. Like, do you remember, um, there was that game against, I think it was the Angels where they, uh, he, he, they ended up almost coming back and then they got beat by like, uh, Shohei Otani home run in extra innings. Yeah. Or like in the ninth inning or something like that. But anyway, Ivaldi was cruising. He had one bad inning in the fourth inning and he was fine other than that. That was sort of, that's sort of the story of the year for him because, you know, he 11 and 9, 3.75 ERA. He was, I think he was better than that ERA, honestly. Oh, his FIP was really good. His FIP was one of the best in baseball. Uh, his, FIP was, uh, his FIP was the best in the American League. It yeah. was 2.79. Yeah, he, he was definitely, because like, again, that ERA because the defense, <laughs> you know. Now, Bailey, can I ask you a question? Can you explain FIP to me? Yeah, so fielding independent pitching. So it's pretty much, what the pitcher can control and it doesn't take into account like the defense behind you. So so that's like really everything that he physically can control is what gives that in essence, that earned run average almost versus then yeah, bringing in, you know, Rafi Devers is bad defense. Xander Bogarts is subpar defense. Like we're not knowing what's going on at first base, you know, these things he can't control with FIP. It's what like he can control. So what you're saying is Ivaldi was affected by the Red Sox poor defense more than anybody else. Yeah, um, I, I would say that potentially it's some of the worst um, is uh, just with what was going on with like um, with Rodriguez, like the defense. But then Rodriguez was also just getting like batting average and balls in play, like was killing him. Like it'd be like this little dink, and you're like, oh, that brings in like, oh, that little dink. You know, sort of, it's like if there was a fielder there, it would have been caught and stuff like that. So, like, the bad luck aspect of what ERA can show bad luck. And the bad luck showed how terrible, I mean, I'm not going to say anything. ERA was gross. But then he also just got, like, a contract in, like, what was it, like, worth $80 million. Yep, five years. So it proved that, like, at least people are looking beyond an ERA and looking into, you know, looking into a FIP or looking into, like, other other stats to see, like, oh, maybe this guy was really unlucky and maybe he had a, not a great defense behind him. Who would be your runner-up for the teams, uh, Cy Young? Ooh, 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 ooh. I think it's easy to say, okay, well, Eovaldi was clearly in the ace. Who's your number two? Hmm. You know, it honestly might be... It might be Eddie. Eddie had, outside of looking at his ERA, like, he pit, like, and especially coming off what he came off of, too. I think people just forget that the man could barely walk due to COVID. And just to be able to come back and pitch 
a healthy season. Like it's always it's, his his problem has always not has been not going deep. But then not going deep is a thing now in baseball. Nobody goes deep anymore, really. It's like somebody goes seven innings, you're like, oh shit, let's throw a patty, you know. <laughs> So that was really that, but he was healthy the whole season. Uh, he did his job. So I'd say, like, yeah, really behind behind him would probably I'd probably say Rodriguez for me. Who? How about you? So this is my here's my edgy take. Mm. Garrett Whitlock. Yeah, I mean, like, I there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, he helped really with that, with that bullpen. Well, he's like, a reliever though, so that's yeah. you know that's an unpopular opinion there. Yeah, I think he's actually one. Yeah, I mean, there's also, um, you know, like, in a, in a similar boat to Erod, there's Nick Pavetta was in the rotation, and he yeah. did some things really well. He was just very unreliable, but he yeah. did come up big when they needed him to. True. Like, that's been the problem, is you look at Nick Pavetta, what Nick Pavetta possesses. He possesses really, really, really solid stuff, and he hasn't been able to get, like, he's definitely been better with the Red Sox than he was in Philadelphia. But yeah. he sort of hasn't been able to go over that next hump to get him out of, like, the 4-5 starter. Because you'll have this this start that you'll, he'll look like an ace, you'll be like, holy shit. And then the next start, he'll just completely explode. And then that's why his numbers are just so completely thrown out of whack, you know? Yeah, no, it's, um, Inconsistency is a real problem with him, but you know, I get the feeling he's going to end up in the bullpen. I think I could see Pavetta being just like what he showed in like the um, like last game of the year against Washington, the way that he was used, that energy that he had coming out of the pen. That was Pavetta like. He could be a very a with, with that hammer of a curveball he has with like the good fastball. You know, he's one of these guys also that again would be prone to the big like the one bad inning. You know, it wasn't like he was giving up one run here, one run there. It'd be like he got hammered because yeah. his control would kind of uh, fail him. Uh, so, but my pick with Whitlock is all for Cy Young is also my pick for the um, for the team rookie of the year. Oh yeah, I agree on that for sure. So um, I'm going to talk about Whitlock a little more in the mm-hmm. next category, but my runner up for rookie of the year because they did have some rookies on the team this year. Mm-hmm. Runner up for me was Bobby Dalback. Yeah, I would say so. Like Bobby Dalbeck's second second half, it was like weird. It was like really bad first half, on fire second half, and then they were like, "We're not really going to use you in the playoffs." So it was kind of a a weird way to not utilize someone who had arguably maybe the best second half in baseball offensively. So it was a little strange. But I do understand like you need to play Kyle Schwarber because he's Kyle Schwarber at the same time. So I, I do I did understand Dalbeck not getting the playing time, but it would be interesting to see. If the Red Sox go with with Bobby Dahlbeck as the first baseman full time next year, I don't I don't know, but it'll be interesting to see what is he is he early early season twenty twenty one or is he the guy that's going to be able to put it all together and sort of be what he was in the second half? You know, I don't know. Do I think it'd be interesting to see if they allow it. I think the only ways in that like somebody like Bobby Dahlbeck or somebody like. Um, uh, Duran aren't on the team is because the Red Sox just get, uh, uh, you know, one of those, like, you can't pass up. You're going to get, like, a stud starter, and you give away those guys. Other than that, I think both of them are on the team, at least in some capacity, or Duran's down in AAA type thing. Yeah. What do you think the future holds for Bobby Dalbeck, though? Like, uh, for 2022, really, what do you think is going to happen with him? I don't know. It's, it's so, it's so tough, because that whole... That that is he it's the swing and miss in that it's not it's not Michael Chavis level hole in the swing and there's just way more power in Dahlbeck than there is in Chavis absolutely but oh my God I think he could be a 35 100 guy I really do with a in in, in, in like an OPS plus WRC plus like sort of getting like you know get an OPS let's say like in the nearing 900s he could be like maybe a 115 120 like WRC plus guy I mean I think there is the potential there I don't think he's necessarily massive superstar level but I think he's an above average hitter and he could really get to an even more above average hitter I think that if everything breaks right for him he's going to be the poor man's Pete Alonso 
Yeah, that would be great. If he could be anything, anything close to Pete Alonso, that would be massive. There's a guy, I'm trying to think that, I, I'm forgetting his name, but he's in Atlanta. He's the third baseman, good looking. Oh, Austin Riley. If he's anything like Austin Riley, that would be incredible. That is actually a similar, a good comparison, too, because Riley's a third baseman by trade, and that's what Dalbeck came up with, which honestly, I just what I saw of him at um, AA and AAA, he's a very good defensive third baseman. He looked so much more comfortable there. Like, he just looked really... Le- I, I, we were talking about this earlier. I would just honestly rather put him at third and have Devers learn first base, but, you know, it's... Uh, I guess Devers is more valuable as a third baseman for now, so who yeah, knows? I understand that. it. I understand what they're doing, but, yeah. So, uh, if he's anything like a, a, an Austin Riley or a Pete Alonzo Light, that would be incredible. Yeah, I mean it's the this is when things break, right? It's the the also yeah. there's all there's the also like you know he becomes Ryan O'Hearn from the Kansas City Royals and no one you know finds no. that useful. Yeah, exactly. but I think that just with what he did last year, the 25 home runs, that hot streak that he had, I would I really hope he gets a fair shot. Yeah, I really I do. do. Whether uh, it's here or whether it's somewhere else, like I I wish success for Bobby Dalbeck, absolutely. So then who do you have as your team reliever of the year? I'd probably have to say it'd be Whitlock. Yeah, I go I mean, Whitlock I too. Yeah, if, if, if you know, Matt Barnes could, you know, not be overused and fatigue out, like, it'd be because his first half was just absolutely incredible. Like, first half-wise, even as good as Whitlock was, Barnes was better. Barnes like, was the best pitcher on the team for the yeah, first half. Not yeah. even the best relief pitcher. He was the yeah. best pitcher on the team. So if if he could ever figure out how to put it together for an entire season, and I don't think it's a lack of a, a again, I'm going to use the legit closer. He was a legit closer for half of a year. It's not like he can't do it. He can do it. He can do it in the pressure. He's done in the postseason. His 2018 was great. It's all about not overusing him and fatiguing him out because he is prone to being fatigued. That's my issue with with Matt Barnes. Yeah, I think that he really. For whatever reason, the way that he pitches takes a lot out of his arm, and you just yeah. need to pick and choose when you use him. And it's strange to me that like Alex Cora, as good of a manager as he's been, hasn't seemed to realize like, oh, I can't overwork this guy. Yeah, and I think it it really comes down to like at, at that point you're overworking him because you still don't know what you have in Whitlock at the beginning of the season. But now if like Whitlock can stay as consistent as he was, and let's say you use him and Hauk in the pen. That takes so much pressure off of Barnes that you can utilize Barnes properly and have like three potential like really 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 great guys that could probably all even close out for you. And then you bring in the idea of Pavetta potentially being in there. There, that's like four weapons that you have coming out of your pen. Not to mention, there's still time in free agency. I would not be opposed to bringing like Hansel Robles back. No, I would Hansel not Robles be. Was great for a while. I would not be opposed. Well, I mean, you just you need those arms. Like uh, they did not have that much depth in the and like the in AAA. That was sort of the problem. You'd bring up like um, you know uh, Austin Bryce, who I do I do have like an affinity for Bryce. I like that he has such a good slider, but it just didn't work with him last year. Mm-hmm. You had guys, you know, there was Edward uh, Edward Bizarro coming up, and he wasn't fair. He was good when he pitched, but then he got hurt. Yeah, uh, Caleb Ort. Closer out of AAA, uh, pitched a third of an inning in the majors last year. They really didn't get a lot. They were just, uh, John Schneider. There were just all of these different, or Schreiber, whatever his name was. They were just getting a lot of guys that were depth that just couldn't come up and carry their weight. That was very, uh, that was very frustrating. Like even somebody like, um, Phillips Valdez, he was probably the best guy of that group of people that were going back and forth from AAA yes. as Valdez. Yeah, for sure. And then like, Bringing in Michael Walker adds to depth too, because Walker's probably, especially if after the lockout you add more, Walker's either going to be a fifth starter or he's going to be a part of your pen. So it's really just adding depth. Yeah, he'll be that Garrett Richards role, who was actually pretty good too. He just didn't pitch out. I think he might have been my runner up if it wasn't for uh, starting for most of the season. He just didn't have quite enough time in the pen, but he was a real weapon there, Richard. Yeah, he did. Like, the end of the season, great in the pen. And, like, even prior to, like, the ban, like, there were some starts where, like, he wasn't terrible. Though, Like, once they took away the sticky stuff, yeah. that was like, woof. Yeah. And then he had to figure out some stuff when he got to the pen. But, yeah, no, he proved to be a value 
at the end of the season for sure. The only person that was really god awful dog shit terrible was Martin Perez. Yeah, Perez, but that was sort of his role there too, was to just take a take a beating. That yeah. was his role. True, it's a sad role. Um, so who was your unsung hero for the for, for your team? Oof. You know, I might have to bring that back to Garrett Whitlock too. Just the surprise that he was because like we knew we had because of rule five, we had to sort of bring him on. He had to stay on the 26 man roster the whole season. So they had to utilize him properly. He came off of Tommy John. He was a starter his entire career up until obviously needing to come out of the pen due to, you know, needing to be on the roster and the, you know, coming off of surgery. I don't know. I think it was just, he was just such a value being able to pitch multiple innings as well, like stretching him out, just, I don't know, just I think he was a a great a great asset to the twenty twenty one team. I I I would I agree in principle there. I do disagree because I think he did get heralded as being like a really good pitcher. Yeah, that's true. It. You know who people forgot about though? And he was really clutch? Christian Arroyo. Oh, that's a good point. I do love I do love Arroyo. Yeah, he just between every injury possible and getting COVID <laughs> Yeah, no, he was like he was like a walking, talking, like uh, just like bad news bears kind of guy. Just like it didn't seem like anything could go right. Like they were like, oh, we're gonna give you an opportunity at first base. Immediately hurts his hamstring. Um, yeah, like oh, it felt like it was on the first play. <laughs> yeah, no, it was just it just happened right away. Oh, but yeah. he was having. Do you remember he had like all those clutch home runs? It was like every home yeah. run hit was like a go ahead or game tying or I saw him late in the game. In Anaheim. And it was lovely. It was, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's a good, that's a very good point. He was, up until the injuries and the getting the Rona, he was. You know who I also think was a little like underrated this year? Verdugo. Yeah, like, this just gonna be this un, unnecessary pressure. I think he, I think he's gonna have a big 2022. I really do. I think once they're like, this is, I think a lot of it has to do, this is your position, and once somebody just smacks him in the face and tells him that he can't run the bases like a, a moron. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, because he has a great swing. I think his swing is perfect for Fenway. I think he's going to really come into his own. And it wasn't like he was bad. Like I would contend he was good. I think he was underrated last year, honestly. Yeah, he was above average. He, I'm pretty sure everything was above average. WRC plus, like, um, I think once he plays a corner outfielder, he's really strong defensively. He has a really strong arm. It's just center field is like his downfall. Center yeah, field and base running. Like, yeah. once he improves there, or once somebody like you said tells him to just like stop being so dang aggressive, yeah. like he. So just as far as the slash line went, 289, 351, 426, 32 doubles, 13 home runs, stole six bases, didn't strike out a ton. He only struck out 96 times, which I guess is by older standards not great, but in today's game, anything under 100 is fine. Yeah, yeah, right. No, I think that's – I think he will – I'm expecting a really, really, really solid 2022. You're not – he's not Mookie Betts. He, he will tell you that he's not Mookie Betts. But he's a damn good salt. He is what everybody believed Andrew Benintendi was supposed to be. I think that's what Alex Verdugo is. Yeah, I think that that's comparable. Uh, Benintendi, as we know, did he did get better this year with he the did. Royals in 2020, and he did win a Gold Glove. But as far as like what what his batting is, yeah, you know, I just I'm sorry, I just love your reaction anytime I mention that Andrew Benintendi won a Gold Glove this year. It kills me. <laughs> it pains me. But that's how bad. Left field is. But anyways, no, Benintendi ended up having an average season, which is, God, that's more than fine. And he can maybe even be above average next year. He, we knew he wasn't going to be as bad as 2022. 2022 just started off really, really, really slowly and then got hurt and then didn't play. So there was no way he was going to have a 46 WRC plus. Like, that's not the player. I expect him. I've always said Andrew Benatendi is an average player. He's not going to be what he was in 2018. He's definitely not going to be what he was in 2020. Um, he's going to be the player that he is in 2021. And I think potentially he could hit. Um, you know, big problem was that he also tried to be a player he wasn't. He tried to hit more home runs and bulk yeah. up. And that was really, that was bad. <laughs> it was not, um, it, 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 you know, you got to be the player. You got to. You gotta play with the hand that you have, not the hand that you want. Exactly. You know? And 
He's a beautiful he's swing. Let that beautiful swing take the ball out. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, moving off of specific players here, what was the best game that you actually attended last year? So, it doesn't have to be a Red Sox game. It could be a minor league game. It could be a different team. But yeah. which was the one that you uh, that you had the most appreciation for? So, yeah, I didn't go to Fenway at all this year, so I didn't get to um, see the, the Red – I did see the Red Sox in Anaheim, but that was when the Red Sox started to have that, like, massive decline. So the two of the three games in Anaheim that I went to were god-awful for the, for the Red Sox. But I did see Shohei Otani pitch. You know, it was against us, but still, it was great to see Shohei pitch and see Shohei hit. So that was really great to see. But I went to the now the Worcester Red Sox. I went to Polar Park to check it out. Beautiful ballpark. Ed goes there a lot. Um, we were actually at the same game. It was a game where um, – just like Franchi Cordero like went off. It was the game that Franchi went off and then uh the guy that looks like Vladdy Jr. Um Oh um Johan Yeses. Yeses he hit like there's a uh train in like the outfield. He like hit it. <laughs> like, yep. So we were at the, we were both at this game. Yeah, um yeah. I I think I had just started at Pesky Report at this point, so I didn't I really so. like know anybody from that. Uh by that point. But yeah, I think we were both at that game and that was an absolute that was one of the best games I went to last it was year. A wild as well. game. I had a bla- I mean I had a blast for sure. And just checking out the new ballpark and how beautiful it is. A lot of fun. I think honestly Polar Park's existence in general was a big highlight of twenty twenty two for me because I um I'm there I was there for about forty games last year, I think. Oh, something whoa. like that. Um, so I cover, um, for, uh, like a data, for like a sports data company. I, uh, cover AAA games for them. Uh, so I go there and I'm on the phone with somebody, uh, telling them, like, giving them play by play essentially. And, oh, that's cool. Yeah. And, you know, that I, it's, it was during the summer because I, I normally, I work at, um, for like, um, uh, for like one of the colleges here, but I don't, during the summer, so it's kind of my summer job is uh, just cool. going there. It's cool because you get to, you know, you get to go to all these games for free, and uh, you get to watch them, and you really learn a lot about like the minor leaguers and the teams, and uh, you just get to, you know, it's kind of a. I feel like it's a dream for anybody to get paid for watching baseball, right? Right, absolutely. Um, but you know, getting to go there and getting to just kind of see like as the field because they were constructing it as the season was going on, like, at the beginning of the year, like, you couldn't, there's, like, this really nice, like, left field where there's, like, grass, and you can see Yeah, that wasn't done Yeah, it wasn't there at the beginning of the year. They were still working on it. There's still no parking. I hope that next year there's actually, like, a parking lot that's constructed, because that is expensive. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, the the only thing that worked out was that we went with my older cousins, and um, he's He's like in his 80s, so he has the handicap placard. So yeah. we had the handicap placard and just like pulled the van right into like where they have the handicap and walked right across. But obviously, like you said, if you're not with somebody who's handicapped or handicapped yourself, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's weird. I get it. It's in like the middle of Worcester, but yeah, like maybe, maybe build up a place for people to park at. Yeah, I, you gotta hope that happens. You gotta imagine a good amount of their profit comes from parking fees, so. You gotta think that'll happen, but no, Polar Park. If you're uh, if you're listening to this and you live in the Boston area, the Connecticut area, that just just do yourself a favor and go out there. It's honestly, my dad, who uh, is very much like an old school baseball fan, is kind of like, no, it's more like going to a restaurant that there just happens to be a game going on there because the food there is really good and it's kind of set up. You can sit in like the right field fence, kind of like the monster, and it's like twenty three bucks for those tickets, and there's like a table there, and you're right by the barbecue place that's actually, like, especially for New England barbecue, it's really good. Good, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's just, it's it's a really good baseball experience. I don't know if you're going to, for the amount that you pay, I don't know if you're going to get a better one. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Yeah, we didn't pay much, and we were, like, fourth row, like, behind home plate. Yeah. And- yeah, that's the difference. I mean, if you can go, if you you obviously can't afford to go to Fenway sometimes, like Fenway's super expensive, like totally understandable. But if you want to get a really great experience at, you know, a third of the price, I mean, that's a, definitely a great place to take in. So I have two picks for my game of the mm. year. Because um, one of them was a AAA game and one of them was a major league game. Um, the first one, my AAA game, was getting to watch Chris Sale's rehab start in, uh, oh, in Worcester. Cool. That's cool. It, was batshit crazy. <laughs> it was completely sold out. 
I usually could. So I need like the best acoustics for where I'm doing my game from. And because I couldn't get yeah. a press pass this year, I would just sit in like, I would sit in left field. So the sound didn't carry as much. Mm-hmm. There was no space there. It was like in the standard room only section. There couldn't. No space whatsoever. I was <laughs> stuck just kind of by the fence, just like sitting down below like something in center field, like just kind of looking through the cracks and like the little, you know, into the bars and uh, yeah. in the outfield there, just like, it was absolutely nuts. Tate Matheny made one of the best catches I've ever seen in center field. Uh, that's Mike Matheny's uh, kid, or Matt, Matt, whatever his name is, the manager for the Royals. But yeah. yeah. Made one of the best catches I've actually ever seen in center field. Really? Yeah. It was one, it was just one of those, like, on, I, it, it was a play that Jackie Bradley Jr. makes pretty casually. But, you know, it just looked very impressive the way he was making it. Um and, you know, Sale, people were just super stoked for him coming back because this was in, like, oh, he's going to be the savior of the season and all that. And he looked good. He struck out, like, eight people, I think. Um, that was really cool. Um, just being – just that energy, being I part bet. of, like, a true sale out there at a minor league game was just really, really cool. Um, but then I also got to go to uh, the Red Sox last win of the postseason in uh, the ALCS where Kyle Schwarber hit that grand slam. Oh, my God. I was hitting uh, – I was sit- I think it was game four, and I was sitting two seats. I was in the same row as the Ted Williams seat, but, like, oh, cool. two seats to the left of it. Um, and then people left because they were winning by so much, and I kind of got to just, like, sit down in that seat for the last three innings, which was That's really cool. cool. Um, and you know, like I went, it was funny cause I got the ticket, like just like one ticket for myself, but, and they're not even like huge baseball fans, but my girlfriend's sister and dad were also both at the game. So we went to like, um, oh God, what's the, what's the bar? It's like a paddle there's, in the basement. There's like ping pong and stuff. Oh, game on. Yeah. We went to game on beforehand. It was just like, just the energy. Was yeah, game on fun Just unlike anything I'd seen. Because I didn't, I didn't go to any of the games in like 2013 or 2007 or 2004. I went to a playoff game in 2016, and the energy was nowhere near this. Yeah, like, I could it feel was, it watching it on TV. It just felt different. Every play felt like it was life or death. It was, it, it, it was so cool. People were just so stoked. I remember, um, like, it was, like, the fourth inning, and I got a text from uh, Brad from Pesky Report, mm. and he was just like, oh, hey, I'm here, you want to you wanna meet up? So we, like, went down to, and uh, got, like, uh, got, like, a soda there, and it was kind of cool, because I got to meet him, too, while I was Oh, there. nice. Yeah, yeah, no, so it was just, like, it really felt like you were part of, a like, a real community there also, and I think that was some of the energy, and I don't know if that's just, like, my own experience with it, because this was my first time in, like, the Twitterverse for the purple postseason and kind of really being able to access the fan base, I guess, in a way that wasn't just listening to call-in radio. Yeah, no, that's, like, really cool. No, that's a cool experience. Yeah, the only play – I've actually only ever been to one playoff game – and it was not even for the Red Sox. It was Mets Dodgers 2006 at Shea Stadium. And I went six. 2006 is the only playoff game I've ever been okay. to. And it was, that's cool. That's it was really Derek cool. Lowe was pitching. So my cousin was obsessed with Derek Lowe. So we like drove to, we drove to Shea. It was Shea then. And it was, uh, we were the only two people maybe in the entire stadium with Dodger stuff on. So we got shit. Um, we're, but then we're like, you know what? You all haven't won jack shit talking like your team is going to win the World Series and being like the guy on the mound was like on the mound for every deciding game in 2004 to like clinch it, you know, so like, you know, and then it was also the game where Jeff Kent and J.D. Drew had been called out at home plate one right after another. Oh, man. I was just like, we were like literally up in like watching it. We're like, are these guys idiots? (laughs) Wait, I forgot J.D. Drew played for the Dodgers. That would have been right. Was that before he got to Boston? Yes. Yeah, because he came in 2007. So that was. Yeah. 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 That would have been right before. I was never a big J.D. Drew fan, but it was a lot of reasons, because he took my man's number and my man's position in right field. So, <laughs> I was very bitter about that. I was I'm like, you're talking about Mr. Trot Nixon. Trot Nixon, yeah. You not only take his position I, and you take his number, I understand you're better than him. But also, I feel like what always bothered me about J.D. Drew was he was the kind of person that had all of this talent and decided that, like, 70% of it was all he needed to use. And his 70% was better than a majority of people. But imagine if J.D. Drew, like, 
Aldo used all of his talent. What the fuck player he could have been. Oh, my God, yeah. No, he would have been. Because I'm pretty sure, still to this day, I think he has the best collegiate season on, like, the history of college baseball for Florida State. The Cardinals had some truly talented guys coming up in, like, the late 90s that didn't quite live up to that potential between Drew and, like, you know, Rick Ankeel. Oh, God, poor Ankeel. At least Ankeel, like, Ankeel tried. You know? He tried his darndest. I mean, he uh, he had a couple of years as a decent hitter. Yeah, yeah, he was fine for a while. Good for him being able to do that, because, like, how many pitchers can just say, you know what, I'm going to, yeah, I can't pitch anymore because the yips really got me. The, the worst case of the yips, and then can be like a at least a major league average hitter. Like, that's pretty impressive. Makes what Shohei Otani did even more impressive, oh. honestly. Shohei, Shohei's a freak. <laughs> yeah, no, he, uh, he earned that MVP. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's crazy what he's able to do. Like, yeah, definitely, like, if you're just going in from, like, an offensive standpoint, then, yeah, um, Vladdy Jr. was better, but Vladdy Jr. also didn't pitch at, as a, like, a number three. Like, I'd say yeah. he's, like, a solid number three. So, like, you have a number three starter and, you know, one of the best hitters in baseball. He also hits 45 over on three, which yeah. feels like 20 bases. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so it's, it's wild. <laughs> wild. But, um, okay, so best, that was the best game. What was the best single moment for you of the 2021 baseball season? Ooh, single moment. Oh, my God, I don't know. I think it has to be that, that home run that Schwarber hit in the wild card off of, off of Cole. Oh, like, man. Oh, my God, that was just, like, even though the Red Sox were ahead at that point, it was just everything about that, like, the way it sounded, like, off the bat, he crushed it. It was just, it's off. It's the Yankees. It's the wild card game. You know, even 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 if the Red Sox had a lead in that game, people were like, well, the, the Yankees are still going to win this game. Like, nobody had the Red Sox winning that wild card game. And just to win it and to beat Cole at Fenway, like, oh, the, like that, that home run was just beautiful to me. So, I don't know. Like, that, that's just like, I don't know. I still think about it, and I'm like, oh, I melt a bit. So, that's probably one of my, my favorite moments for sure. For me, I think it was the Christian Vazquez home run against Tampa. That was a, a pretty big one, too, because nobody expected that dude hit, like, six home runs all season. And it was just, it was a playoff game, and I don't, yeah. I did not expect the Red Sox to beat Tampa in that playoff I didn't series. either. I, I went in, I think I didn't even expect them, honestly, to be in the wild card. I, the idea of the wild card, yeah. I hate, I hate one-game playoff. I was going to be extra angry if they, like, played as well as they did and just lost one game because shit happens, you know? That was a perfect wild-card game, though, because they had the same record. So that exactly. was actually really – that was like – you can't imagine a better wild-card game than that yeah. Red Sox Yankee one. It's truly but, like, oh, we had to win that one more game than you because we played the exact same throughout. Exactly. So, yeah, for sure. And getting it – getting the home field advantage, get you know, having it be like their $35 million man on the mound, things and like that. And that the Red Sox had to sweep the Nationals. It was not actually easy for them to sweep the Nationals. I was stressed out that entire series. Yeah, that Tampa series was building. winning left and right. Not Tampa. Um, Toronto was winning. And Toronto was the team nobody wanted to have to go up against just because of that offense. That offense. And, <laughs> yeah. No, and they just kind of managed to sneak by. They just, by the skin of their teeth, you know, they had, uh, Vasquez had another huge hit against the Nationals. Remember, he had that triple, I yes. think. He did, yeah. No, they had a great, and then Devers had that massive home run. Oh my that, like, god! That really sealed the deal. Like that was also a great moment too. There were a lot of really good moments, especially towards the end, because like you said, they're fighting to get into the playoffs. It was like, I, I for my money, that that was the my favorite Red Sox team. I would honestly go as far as saying since the two thousand three or two thousand four team. Really? For me, yeah. Ooh, you liked because, it more than like, interesting. Well, because for me, I don't root as much for the teams that are just steamrolling everybody. Yeah, like but, 2018, they were just like insanely yeah, good. Yeah, 2013 was a good team, but the and they were a fun team. But I didn't like. I just didn't find them quite as likable. I, no, for this team was reason. very likable. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Absolutely. I think, but I think it was also just because it was like house money the whole year. You just didn't expect it. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the 2013 comparison, I think, makes more sense. I just think for my own personal enjoyment of them. 
For sure, yeah. Nobody thought they were going to win anything, let alone the the World Series in 2013. So people didn't think that the Red Sox were going to win anything, let alone going to, you know, two games with it and getting to a World Series. So definitely overachieving, but like in 13 was it. But 13, I felt like, was more of a complete team, though. Yeah. Oh, it was. I think I have a little bit of bias against the 2013 team. So here's here's my 2013 Red Sox story. Um, Oh. I was 23, and it was, I was on, I really started getting into, like, the online dating thing for the first time in my life, and um, I was seeing somebody I met on OkCupid, and it had been about a month, I think, and I had, like, zero dating experience, so I I didn't know what I was getting into there. Um, I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing. Anyway, a friend of mine from softball gives me a call. And it's like, hey, what are you doing tonight? And I was like, oh, it's my girlfriend's birthday. Now, I don't think she was even really my girlfriend at this, like. Girl you're hanging well, out with. <laughs> girl I've been seeing. Girl I've been stupid. Uh, <laughs> no, but um, he was like, okay, well, I've got tickets to the ALCS tonight. You want to go? <laughs> and it was the game that uh, they clinched in. So they clinched going to the World Series in this game. And I didn't go. Ugh. I didn't go. I said, oh, God, I made this commitment. Mm. I said I'd do it. Well, we know Ed is a good boyfriend, so that's nice to know. <laughs> but at the same time, oh, what a game that would have been. Oh, I should have gone. <laughs> anyway, it ended up being kind of, it wasn't even, it was her birthday, and she had, like, this big party, and it was just, it wasn't that fun. Anyway, two weeks later, when the, or a week later, whatever it was that the Red Sox clinched, because this was the day they won the World Series. Mm. Um, and I'm not going to go into the details of this because this isn't like a, uh, this is not a dating podcast, but this is, this is one of my like ace in the hole for like weirdest dating stories ever. I got, I got, I ended up getting dumped, uh, the oh. day, I think before they won the World Series and I was going to go to the parade and then I was just too sad to go. Oh. I was too bummed out to go. Forget this girl. We don't like her. She ruined 2013. <laughs> yeah, no, it was just like, ugh. I should have, because I felt like, hey, oh my god, I could have gone to the uh, the playoff game there and be like, oh, now I'm not even going to the parade because I'm just too much of a sad sack right now. <laughs> like, ugh. Yeah, I mean that could that could put a damper on on it for sure. That, I, that's yeah. my beef with the 2013 Red Sox, and it's nothing to do <laughs> with, with the actual 2013 <laughs> Red Sox. But there's still that like cloud above it. I I, I fully understand. That. Every time I think Koji, I just think like just being sad in like a uh, I think like this was like in Brighton or something like that. Being in set, like sad in front of the last drop or whatever bar it was that we went to there. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry you had to feel that in 2013, because 2013 was just, I think I was just so shocked by that season, really. Especially coming off of what 11 and 12 were. You know, you're just coming off two of the worst seasons, like 2011 to lose it the way they did, and then that was the chicken and beer, and, you know, Francona couldn't hold the clubhouse, and then the 2013 experiment with, um, you know, with Bobby Valentine just being terrible and then you just had some guys on that team like Adrian Gonzalez can I'm sorry pardon me he can fuck himself I, <laughs> I hate that guy like you know you know you we lost Anthony like, who knows what the Red Sox could have been with Anthony Rizzo but it's like you lose potentially a really solid player to get who was better definitely a better hitter but then it was just like a clubhouse asshole like <laughs> like you know just like like texting like like tattling via text messages like on on people and stuff i was like dude how old do you grow the hell up play oh. baseball so like getting rid of like him beckett and carl croft and shipping them out and then just getting guys in that like wanted to win like mike napoli getting like a shane victorino guys i was just like i'm in uh, johnny Gomes. it's like i'm in boston i'm here to win like let's go i love like those short-term contracts those three-year deals for guys that you that are proven players and it was but yeah. then again, napoli wasn't really that proven at that point he had that degenerative hip condition no one knew if he was going to be any good at first base yeah and it's not like they could it's, they couldn't put him at dh because we ortiz was still there. Yeah, yeah, and he he held his own like really well in 2013 at first. Yeah, but he was just he wanted to win. Like he had he was on the Texas team that caught within a strike of winning the World Series. Oh, poor Napoli. Poor Nelson like, Cruz. Oh God, no! That is 100 percent on Ron Washington. Why was Nelson Cruz playing right field? I don't know. At that point? I, 
don't know. Cruz used to be a good fielder when he was younger, but even then, like then, he was still like in his mid thirties. Yeah. So I'm just like, oh God, please. This way you get a bracket. This way you have a Jackie Bradley Jr. in your back pocket just for defense. You throw him out there. Exactly. You get yeah. that best defensive arrangement that you can. Absolutely. So yeah. Um, so yeah, you just brought in people in 2013 that really wanted to win, and then like with 2007, that was like. A four, I was like, yeah, that's the one, like, for all these generations that, like, are seeing it for the first time or the people that had passed on, and you're like, you did it for them. Oh, seven was, like, my team, I felt like. I was in love with Mike Lowell, still in love with Mike Lowell, but, like, the, I just, like, the talent of that O seven team, and then 2008 broke my heart more than anything oh, because God. they were so freaking good. They were better than they were in 2007. They would have repeated, but then, you know, you had injuries to Beckett. You had injuries to, like, Mike Lowell that just, like, messed things up, but then also just – FNA to come back in like game six, get it to a game seven, and then to lose. I've never been more upset ever <laughs> than in yeah. 2008. 2008 was just, it was a disappointment of the season. Yeah. It really was. They were going to go back to back. They would have beaten Philly, like easily. Like there was, that's the closest that the Red Sox have ever gone to like being back to back champions. And, you know, like a lot of things just didn't go right in 2008. So that's my biggest heartbreak. I know people would be like, how was that your biggest heartbreak? Like, oh, three. I was like, I wasn't really super into baseball in 2008. Oh, I was super into baseball. If I was super into baseball, like, really, I, like, lucked out that I got, like, really into it in 2004. Had I been super into it, 2003 probably would be my biggest heartbreak. But, like, that's why 08 is mine. I get that, actually. I, it's kind of funny, too, because 03 and 04 and 07 and 08 are kind of reversed because 07 and 08 had the heartbreak in the second season mm. and 03, 04 had the heartbreak in the first season. Cause I remember I was a, I think I was in eighth grade, I think, um, in 2000. I forget. Was I, no, I, no, I was a freshman in high school. I was a freshman in high school. And when they had that walk-off home run, um, you want to hear some high school cringe. I took a shirt that was, like, white on the inside, and I wrote a poem dedicated to the 2003 Red Sox that I wore it into oh. school the next day. We're, we're learning. Like, too bad Ed's taken, because we're learning, ladies, that he's a man with a lot of soul. <laughs> a lot of soul for embarrassing baseball things. <laughs> he's writing poetry to his team. He's giving up going to see his team for his lady. It was very cringe. This is all a lot of cringe. I would not do either of those things now. Of course, you learn. But when you're, like, 14, yeah. you're like, oh, I'm so cool. <laughs> Thank God my girlfriend's birthday is in June and not in October. That's all I'm saying, right? Right now, because I would be such a piece of shit if the Red Sox were like in the World Series. Oh, I'm sorry, it's your birthday. birthday. It's Game Seven. Yeah, I'm ignoring you right now. You you should just be getting into this as much as I am. Why are you not excited for all of the same things as me? What's going on here? <laughs> oh. But yeah, no. So 2003, I, I get, I get that that was so painful, but that made 2004 like so much better for everybody, especially coming back like that. Oh, it was it was great. Yeah, I, I still had the uh, – my dad took me to the parade, and that's still the only Red Sox parade I've been to because um, I was out of state for two of them, and I was too sad for the other one to go. Oh, God. Uh, so – because I went to school in Arizona in 2007, and then um, for work I was in Toronto for 2018. But um, 2004, went to the parade. We had these 2004 champion signs. I was sitting on top of the mailbox. Uh, oh, my cool. dad keeping guard. And – I still have the signs. I still have the 2004 signs. That's cool. Yeah, I didn't. I've been. To, I went to the 07 because that was my senior year of high school. So I went to the 07 one, and then I went to the 18 because I was at BU. 13, I was in LA, um, oh, and then yeah. in 2004, I just I, I don't know. I think my mom probably thought I was too young, didn't want to trek all the way to Boston. <laughs> Wait. So okay, I gotta ask you for 2018. What was that like? Were you living on campus there? I lived in. Yeah, I lived in the grad housing that was like a block from Fenway. Oh shit! So I I dated somebody uh, that lived there too for her grad school, and that yeah, was so very close. Very close. Like the, bra- the brownstones that like overlook the Charles there. Uh, the no, Charles, or? it was uh, it was like literally there was a, there's a restaurant called Scoozies. It's right off the Blandford stop. There's like a building. It's it's pretty newish. And it's, like, right there. So it's, like, you know that hotel? It's, like, the hotel. I think it's the Hotel Buckminster. It's, like, on the corner where that Uno yeah, used oh, like to be. The, the one that's on top of the Pizzeria Uno. 
Yeah, so, like, that building there, there's, like, two, if you were, like, walking towards, like, BU campus, there was, like, two more buildings. I was, like, that second building. So how? I just kind of, like, around the corner. <laughs> how many games did you go to that year? I went to, I went to a good amount. Like, when I wasn't, like, do like, if I didn't have anything to do or something, like, I could go for, like, $9 standing room. So I would just, like, walk over, do $9, even if I just walked for, like, a few innings, because, like, honestly, standing for three hours does suck. So, yeah, like, it's not great. Yeah. You know, but for but nine bucks, like, what the heck? Awesome. Yeah, so I would just go there. I made sure I got the, the one of the games I was like, I absolutely have to go to is they're giving away, like, free, like, replica rings for the 28. Uh, yeah, oh, so that right. was 2019. So, like, after we won in 2018, they were, like, giving free replica rings, and I was like, I gotta be there. <laughs> so, yeah, but That's it was really awesome. cool. Like, living there during, you know, a, a World Series like, winning team, being as passionate as I am and being like, oh, this is so cool. Like, I'm right here. I loved it, for sure. What was, like, the was – was, were people, like, shooting fireworks off, though? Like, during the – after they won? Like, what was – in two, it, that, when they won the World I Series, was actually, was like, there? when we – like, when we clinched, I was home watching it with my mom. So uh, I wasn't, like right. – you're a good kid to do that, honestly. Yeah. I don't know. If I were, if I could be in the area for it, I'd be like, Mom, you're coming over here. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, like, I was, so, like, I was home, like, watching it, so, like, I wasn't, but I did go to, like, the parade, and, like, that was really cool. I, like, missed class. But it was cool. The class that I missed, my teacher was also a big Red Sox fan, so I was like, I'm just gonna do whatever's due that day, and I'm, like, literally not gonna be here. An excuse absence. An She's excused like, absence. I wish I could be there with you. I was like, well, just cancel class. <laughs> <laughs> You have the power to fix this. I was like, yeah, you could just say we're not going to have class, and then you could go to the parade, you know. But it was fun. We talked a lot about the Red Sox here, but Mm -hmm. what was your favorite team this year that was not the Red Sox? Yeah, I'd probably have to say the Braves. The Braves are always my National League team, mainly because of the connection to Boston. So, And just to – I I never would have guessed they were going to win the World Series. Like, And and they were like every step of the way. I'm like – they're not gonna. They're not gonna be the Dodgers. Like they're not gonna be. Like you know, you just like dude. Even like even I had Houston winning the World Series as much as I hated it. So I didn't think that they were. But they did have like at the end of the day, they had good pitching. Like the pitching was really good, and the the off the offense was strange just because it was like all of these like acquisitions they brought in at the trade deadline were just like hitting like crazy like Soler Rosario and then bringing in like Jock Peterson and then of course you have like the mainstay of you know Freddie Freeman and you but then to lose Acuna Jr. and still win the World Series it was just a wild wild ride for the Braves so I was I was happy that the Braves were able to win yeah me me too as far with the Braves because they were also they had their mainstays the guys that they developed obviously Freeman but also like um Oh God, Ozzy! Uh, why Albies. am I forgetting his name? Albies and Austin great. Riley yep. and Dansby Swanson, and yep. you know, like Max Fry was a guy that they developed, and it was like they were just living proof that if you can get into the dance, anything can happen. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. Get into those playoffs, and if you get hot at the right time, you can win a World Series because that is exactly what happened to those Braves. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Like they weren't at the end of, they were close to the best team. They had a 88 record. Their record, their win record was less than the Toronto Blue Jays. The Blue Jays won 91 games. That's just the way that baseball is constructed. And it's so much easier to win the NL East than it is to win the AL East. So, you know. Yep. Uh, But again, at a short series, it doesn't really matter if you can get lucky for four games, if you can play it to the best of your ability for those four games, that's what matters. And that's something that I really enjoy about baseball that's different from other sports. You know, it really is. And I guess football is a little more similar to this where anything could happen on any yeah, given Sunday, but anything could happen. It's not like basketball where you kind of know who's going to win the series going into it. Yeah, usually. One team is better, but yeah, you're you're so right because that that's that brings it back to why I'm not a big fan of the idea of a one game playoff. I understand for the excitement level, I understand the money, like the revenue, the excitement, but I hate it because Chris Sale could have just had a shitty game. It happens, and it doesn't mean he's bad. Or your your offense just kind of the Red Sox offense got cold in the playoffs in 2021. So like shit happens. You know, <laughs> anything can happen in a short series. Um, and again, and with the 
with the those wild cards, the only thing that I do like with that is that it keeps more teams competitive throughout the offseason. I would rather have to play in a sudden death wild card elimination game than to just get eliminated and to have like a really boring September. Yeah, that's true too. So that's that's the argument that I can see for that. But I do agree that it's like it's tough to have such a short series. You almost like would you would you rather do like a best two out of three for a wild card series? You know, because that's what they did in 2020, wasn't it? Wasn't it like a, a best of, because the, they had the wild card series, yeah, yeah. and I think it was best of three. I mean, yeah. I, I guess, because it's like you, you're used to playing three game sets, usually, so, and it's like you won the series, in essence, so, yeah, I mean, I would, but I, I understand from a, Again, money, money talks. It's not going away. It's not changing. And everybody's like, oh, it gives you more incentive to, like, win your division. Yeah, but, like, what if you're in a really tough frigging division? Like, again, bringing it back to Toronto. Toronto finished in third. They won 91 games. They won more games than a division winner. So, like, that's also where I'm like, oh, just win your division. Like, that's easier said than done if you're in the American League East. You know? Yeah. Yeah, no, it really, it really is. And it makes that whole season prior to it, like... Yeah, just feel kind of like, what was the point of that? Exactly, or even bringing it into the idea of, oh, just win your division. The Dodgers won 100 games and had to play a one-game playoff. Like, oh, just win your division. Like, 100 games, you know, and they could have lost. They didn't, but they could have. You know, so that's where I, that's why I've just always been sort of anti the idea of a one game playoff. But again, yeah. it's not no, going I, away. I have to deal with it. Hopefully, the Red Sox just win the division, and I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> so this is the last uh, last question on our survey here. List of, uh, but who? What? Oh, sorry, <laughs> just give me one prediction for 2022 for MLB in 2022. It can be about any any topic of your choosing. Oh, the whole of MLB. So it could Ooh. be Red Sox. It could be about. I, it could be about the new contract. It could be about anything. I think there will be a universal DH in 2022. Ooh, that's a that's going to be an easy one to just start calling you Nostradamus Bailey after that, right? Because I get the feeling you're going to be right about that. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think I think that's something that's and I'll like. There's always sort of the cool fact, the the fun factor of seeing a pitcher hit, but then there's also the idea of like. You're investing, like, now upwards of, like, $45 million. Like, do you want to have Max Scherzer get hit in the face again because he's taking bunting practice? <laughs> like, even though he's Max Scherzer, he goes out and he pitches with, like, a black, a blue, and a brown eye. Like, you know, he's, <laughs> he's a freak. But, like, to me, there's just such an added risk to to that. You know, so, like, I'm, I'm all for the DH at this point. And it's sort of, a, you know, it's going to make – it's going to take a little while for, like, a still for the National League to sort of catch up to where the American League is with it. But I think it's needed, and, you know, that's where the game is going. So I think it's happening. I do. Okay. Can I give you my crazy? Let's see. Let's data. listen. The NL wild card matchup will be the Mets of the Dodgers. Ooh. Ooh. I like it. I could, I could see it. The only thing is, do we, do we think that um, – the only thing that keeps me from thinking that is – do we really think that, you know, I don't think the, do we think the Padres are going to be good enough to beat the Dodgers or do we think that the Giants are going to be good again like they were? I think it could go either way there. Hmm. I'm not really sure which. I think um, the Padres are such a weird team. I still don't know what to make of them, honestly. I don't know why they don't win more games than they do. It's crazy. Like, I, they just went. I mean, it's going to be interesting because they're going to have Clevenger healthy. So like Clevenger's gonna be there, Snell's gonna be there, Dar- Darvish is most li- like most likely. I don't see them trading yeah. anybody. You have Darvish, um, so like that's and a- you have Musgrove. Don't forget about Musgrove. Yeah, so like Pitch that's four like good pitchers. So shit, I don't know. And like the Dodgers are gonna getting to a point where well we just saw you know they lost Corey Seager, so like they're gonna get to a point where it's like okay what are they gonna be what are they gonna be doing with the talent that they have? Like are they gonna be extending them or is somebody you know, giving Mookie Betts all that money, is that going to make it more difficult to give somebody else money? Or is Cody Bellinger going to bounce back and then they're going to really have to pay him? 
interesting, you know. What's going to happen with Trevor Bauer there is also fairly significant. But also, Bauer was not doing as well as he did in 2020. Because he's Bauer. not close to he's being not that good of a pitcher. He really, he is talented, and like you're not going to get an oh, argument there, but. There are a lot of talented people out there. To get you're talented if you're in the major leagues, you know. And he's just the hype is already way too high for his like level of ability. And then you put the personal problems because I can tell you, even if even if he gets off on all charges and is pitching next year, even if these were and I find this to be incredibly unbelievable, even if these were false allegations, the man has absolutely zero impulse control. So yeah. there will be more issues like this, and eventually those issues will stick. Oh, no, 100%. I agree. I, I firmly believe, I believe women, I believe that these allegations are truthful. But oh, I also absolutely. Believe, I believe that we live in a society where he's going to get off, oh, and probably. there's going to be a... There's going to be – the Dodgers will have they, – their hands are tied. They will have to pitch him. They're paying him to it's, – it's so funny that he went to the Dodgers and all of this, too, because on paper, if you described me the situation and said, what team is this player for, I would say, oh, well, it's obviously the Mets. Yeah, almost. And then, whoo, uh, the Mets dodged that one. The Mets didn't met on that one. They, they must love him for effectively getting the Max Scherzer. Yeah, yeah, really, truthfully. But it's it's so interesting with like with a situation like that is just yeah I know some people are like oh he's never gonna pitch again I was like um what makes you think he's not gonna ever pitch again we got a we have video evidence of Marcelo Zuna strangling his wife and he got a ten game suspension and will be playing for the Atlanta Braves in 2022 I so, still can't believe I hate that. it I hate it I hate it so what makes you think that like there's no there's no like there's there's text messaging and there are the the bruises that we've seen on this girl, but it's not like there is a video of him like sexually assaulting someone. And, if and even somebody, if there was, I'm not convinced that it would keep him banned from the game. Exactly. Like, so what they now, if, he, if there was if there was video of him shooting up and doing steroids, that would keep him out. Of course, of course, because somehow you get a whole game, a whole year. You know, Robinson Cano is out there just like taking steroids and losing an entire season, and he's only hurting himself at that point. Versus Marcelo Suna physically assaulting a wife, and it's like, oh, psst, ten games. So it's ridiculous. It's, the, the priorities are really skewed. They really are. Absolutely, and I firmly believe that Trevor Bauer will be pitching for the Los Angeles Dodgers in 2022. I'll hate every moment of it, and uh, he'll he'll love every moment of it, and so will his. Uh, his his agent and both of them are probably going to end up going to hell, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it all works out in the end, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that is our uh, New Year's Eve episode. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, we're gonna post the survey that we used uh, on uh, our Twitter. So if you guys want to, if you guys feel like selling, sending that out and uh, posting it. Go right on ahead and do that. Uh, really curious what your thoughts are. Really curious yeah, what, uh, just what everybody's opinions on this are. Not just if you're Red Sox fans, really for any team. Like we talk Red Sox because it's what we know and because it's easy for us to kind of bounce that off of each other. But if there's, you know, stuff like involving baseball that you want to hear about, uh, please go ahead and reach out and let us know. It's, we, uh, it's tough to come up with show concepts right now when there isn't really any baseball to uh, to discuss. Yeah, that really is the problem because, you know, normally going into off season, there's, there's flurries of things to be chatting about, but this has just been – and not getting any update, not seeing, like, where anything's going. Like, you, like I was talking to Ed earlier, you watch MLB Network, they don't even know what the hell to be doing. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, no, I'm uh... – I'm already depressed this time of year, but boy, oh boy, you take away the thing that brings me more joy than anything else in this world, and it's it's not easy getting out of bed these days. So, uh, you know, please give us make make me happier, cure my depression, please. Yes, we we love to chat about something. <laughs> you know, give us some ideas. Thank you, people. Yeah, so, till next time, folks. Woo!